Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. That we are in the month of February. That's crazy, 2020. Um, but welcome to Lakeside Church. We are so happy. I'm going to add one more plug. If you're not in a small group here, I think you're going to get something out of it. So consider visiting one of them. We have a lot of different options. We have some that are work, centered around working out, some that are centered around studying the scripture. We have one that is centered around finances and how to manage those uh, properly. And there's no shame in that game because who thinks things are pretty expensive? Amen. Amen. And so it's, it's a really good group. And then my wife and I are doing a freedom group on Tuesdays here at the church. So it'd be about 7, 7.15 Tuesdays here at the church. But all the information is out in the front. And so make sure you do that. Um, I'm going to open up uh, with a scripture that is going to kind of tie together the next several weeks of what we're going to be talking about. It's going to be the focus of all that we talk about. We're going to break it down in a lot of different ways. So I'm going to read that scripture, and then I'm going to pray, and, um, and then I think we're going to have some fun. So it's in the book of Matthew, all right? If you want to t- take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 12. And this is a parable that's found. It's a story. It's found in a lot of um, different, different places, but it says, this is Jesus speaking, and it won't be on the screen. It'll be in your Bibles. I'm going to read it, but, but follow along. Matthew 18, verse 12, it says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep, and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go search in, in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, He rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it is is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. It's a parable of a man, Jesus says, having 99 sheep that are safe, one that is lost, and where is the shepherd's attention? And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, and, um, but I'm going to open up in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the privilege of speaking your word. Who am I, Lord? I don't deserve this opportunity, but Lord, your word is so good, and it's so true. We want to hear from you. Lord, your word brings the dead to life. God, your word created the heavens and the earth, and so that same word we pray is here today that brings dead to life and creates new things in us according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this uh, message series that we're going to be talking about today is called The Call. All right, now The Call, this is it. What is the call of God? You know, when I look at Scripture, I know that it is a set of principles. I know that there's truths that are in the Scripture. I know that it is good to read, but it also tells its story. And I want you to hear that. It tells a story. There's, there's a story of God and God's work with man, humanity, and it's a story that happened in the beginning with Adam and Eve. It happened through all the prophets. It happened with Jesus. And it's that same story that I want to put before you. It's like right here. God's story's not over. And he's still inviting people into his story, into his mission, into his his plan, and he always does it with a call. 
He always calls forth and he invites people into what he's doing. And, and if you're like me, like when I get a call, like I hate it. Anybody else hate phone calls? Something happened to me over the last 10 years. When my phone rings, I'm like, ugh, no, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want, no offense. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm busy. I don't want to pick it up. Like, it rings and it rings, and you get these calls from numbers you don't know, and then sometimes you get calls from people that you do know, and you're like, do we really got to talk about this? There's text messages now. But okay, babe. How you doing, babe? I'm kidding. I love you. I'll, I'll be in the doghouse later. But this is the truth. Like, there's calls, and you get them, and, and, I, and I, my wife's going to shun me. Shun. All right. But the point is, is that sometimes it doesn't matter who the call comes from. Sometimes we just don't want to pick up. We just don't want to engage. We're just stuck in our own little situation. And it looks like, like it's the only thing that matters. And I think a lot of time God calls forth and we do the same exact thing to him. We ignore him. We block him. We send him to voicemail. God, I'll get to you later. I'll deal with this later. I don't have time right now, God. Um, I'm just too busy. There's just too much going on. I just, God, I can't. And I think that there's some of us that are like that when God has called us, that we've just sent him to voicemail. We've slid it to red. Remind me later, right, the little button. Remind me later when I get home. And we never deal with it. And so we're going to be talking of what I see the call of God and what I see the, in the story of, of God. And so we're going to the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through um, 20. We're going, to, we're going to read some of them. But verse 14, it says, After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. Now this is a gospel. Mark is a gospel. When we say gospel, sometimes we mean different things. Sometimes we mean one of the four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call those gospels, right? But, but when he's saying gospel here, it's talking about the good news of God. And it really has a kingly connotation. The, the good news that God is going to make things right. And this is in the beginning of Mark, and if you don't know about Mark, it's most likely, I'd put money on it, Peter's recollection. And so the apostle Peter wrote the, uh, um, spoke a lot and told stories about Jesus, and Mark recorded them as his interpreter and, and wrote them down, and he writes this story, and it's right in the beginning. Mark jumps right into it. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, the good news that everyone needs to hear. Verse 15, and he said, the time is fulfilled. And I would make the case that time is still fulfilled, that this call, this gospel, it's still now. It's not for 2,000 years ago only. It's for then and now, like it's still now. The time has come, fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is a call, and if you, you kind of, Put this along with the story of God, like we know that, that in the Garden of Eden, right? If you remember that story, Adam and Eve, they had sinned, and, and God sent them out of paradise. If you remember that story, I'm paraphrasing it, but I want you to put this in perspective of God's story. 
God, man had sinned, and God had sent them out of paradise. They were, they were gone. They were, they were outside. And now we have a new chapter in God's story where Jesus Christ comes, and he shows up. He literally steps out of paradise into where the lost people are. And he says, the time is at hand. It's fulfilled. It's good news. The kingdom is coming. And so repent. Repent. What does that really mean? It means turn around. It means Adam and Eve, as they were out in the wilderness, so to speak, as we all have been, it's time to turn around and come back home. God has, they've been outside long enough, and Christ has come out to get them and bring them home. Come out to get us. He showed up in the flesh. Repent. Turn around. Come home. And believe in the good news. Believe that God has good news for us. The first point you can write in there in the call is, the call is for humanity to come out, out of one way of life into another. A way of life that Adam and Eve, they really pioneered for us. Alone, by themselves, trying to figure it out, but lost and dying. And we've all been there trying to figure it out, and God is calling us out of that life into his life, saying, come home. Come home. That's the call. It's still the call today. It's still the story today. I want to keep going. In verse 16, And passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea because they were fishermen. So you have Jesus, remember, like the same way that Adam and Eve had left paradise, and now Jesus steps out of paradise and he calls them back. Well, now's where it gets really specific. Those verses we read before was just general. It was like general to the world. This is good news. God loves you. He wants you to come home. He wants to care for you. But this is how it works with an individual. And how is it called going to work with you? What difference is the gospel going to make in our lives? Because here Peter says, this is what happened in my life. That's what you're going to read in these, in these verses, is Peter's going to say, this is how it affected me. And that's really what matters, is how does it affect us? So Peter, he's doing what a lot of people in that area would have done, fishing. It was a business. It was hard work. Cut hands, hot days. Some days were good, some days were bad, but you didn't have a choice. There was not, you went and you worked. And he's with his, his, uh, his brother. And Jesus walks up to them, verse 17, and he said to them, follow me, and then I will make you become fishers of men. Again, we see that call, that good news, turn around, repent. Don't go in your own way, but follow me. And that takes faith to follow someone you got to believe that they know where they're going and that they have an idea of where we're supposed to wind up. Come, follow me. Repent. Believe. Follow Christ. And then what happens? Immediately, if you look at the and, and I will make you become fishers of men. I think that is an absolute truth of what happens when you believe the gospel. If you believe the gospel and you choose to follow Christ, I think the natural thing that happens is you want to be a fisher of men. You want to call to others. 
Like, I think that it really, like, if you really believe it, like, that happens. You begin to care about people that are lost, people that are hurting, people that are outside, that, that don't have anyone to follow. And as you follow Christ, you're like, follow, come on. This guy gets it. He knows where we're going. Jesus' plan, like, this is where we need to go. Not in judgment, not pointing out the darkness, not pointing out their sin, but, but saying, no, follow here. This is a new way of life. Immediately, from the beginning, Peter re- remarks and says, follow me and I'll, become, I'll make you a fisher of men. Peter defined what the call did in his heart. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And, a little, and going a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in, in their boat mending their nets. And immediately, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. It's pretty disrespectful. It's pretty disrespectful, those last couple verses. To leave your father, to leave your family business, the man who had cared for you, the man who had had been there and had given you like life and now he's given you a career and he's letting you use his boats and he's given you his nets and, and he has you, he's showing you the way and yet somehow, somehow, even though it seems disrespectful, it's good to follow Christ more than you follow anybody else. It's good to put him first because that's what the call does. When you really repent and you really believe You put him first. The next point, the call of Jesus joins us to his mission. See, if you were going to follow any, if you were going to follow me, you're going to spend your days following me, you would be forced, number one, to probably not sleep as much as you wanted to because I got a busy life. Number two, you would wake up in the morning and you would follow me to work. And if you're really following me, you're going to be in my work. What do I do? I work with kids. I work with people who are struggling, behavior issues, teachers, principals. Like you would immediately be involved in that work because you're following me. You're coming alongside me, and that's Chris's work. And then you would come home, and then you would realize what it's like to have five kids swarm you when you step in the door. It's beautiful, and it's crazy because they want to look at look at me and help me with my homework, and I hold me, and, and feed me, and, and what about this, and help me with that, and, and you, would be fu- you would be in my life, you would be about what I'm about, like if you followed me, and I'm not calling you to follow me, but if you're in Jesus' life, if you're following Christ, then I don't know how you cannot be involved in what he's involved in. That scripture we read about the shepherd who leaves 99 and goes and looks for the one, like that defines what Jesus is involved in. That's not to put the 99 down. In fact, it should encourage the 99. Because if Jesus is so concerned about one who is lost, then the 99 should feel safe. The 99 should be cared for. That if I get out of line, he's going to come and get me. If I get lost, he is going to find me. But that's where the shepherd's heart is. I have three pets. We've had a lot of pets. We've had rabbits, goats, no chickens. I had chickens when I was little, but we had goats. We had um, gerbils, hamsters, guinea pigs. But now we only have three, thank God. 
We have two dogs and a hedgehog. My kids asked for one. Grandma got it. Grandma and Grandpa got it. So that's what we have. Today, two hours ago, this very minute, my wife walked into the church. She said, Chris, lucky is lost. I said, crap. What did I do? I went home, and I looked for Lucky. I did find him, babe. She didn't even know. I did find him. I drove around the neighborhood. I looked for Lucky. I opened the window. I called out, Lucky. I talked to the neighbor that was sitting outside smoking a cigarette. Have you seen him? No. I didn't check on my other pets. I didn't go home and say, hey, Angel, do you have water? Hedgehog, how's that wheel treating you? Do you need me to fluff up your wood chips? Do you, that, that's not what happens when a pet is lost. Like, you look for the pet. It didn't mean I didn't care about the wood chips or I didn't care about Angel having water. But there's a mindset because it was time to look for my pet that was lost. God has defined people outside of him as lost. They are loved, but they are lost. He cares about us, but he's looking for them. He's desiring to reach them. And if we're following Christ, we're going by default to really care about that. A few, uh, last year, I, w- I was thinking about this. Last year, you know, sometimes you go in seasons, and I don't know if you're like me, where you read portions of the Word of God, and, and, and yes, we believe it all, but some things just become like extra important at times. I don't know if that makes sense, but I believe it all, but there's sometimes God's wrestling, and it was this concept right here, and me and David, we, uh, we went to a, a church conference, and we were, we were in Phoenix, and um, city I didn't know when I was wrestling with this about God caring for lost people and God caring for people that are far away from him. And so I was like, fine, God, I'll go. I'll do it. I don't know how to do this. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I want to share this word, but I don't know how to do it. Have you ever been that way? Like, I I care, but I don't know where to start. And God dropped it in my heart, and it was like, you're going to meet a lady today, and she's going to be in a relationship. I'm telling you what happened. God dropped this in my heart. There's going to be a lady you'll meet. She's having relationship issues, and that's somebody who's lost that I'm caring for. We jumped into a lift. We rode. We were riding to the church where this conference was held, and there was a lady driving. And so then it becomes the very real thing of how do I bring this conversation around? But I waited for the opportunity. I asked questions, I listened, and she was a single mother, kind of fit the profile of the person that God had shared with me. And I told her, I said, hey, I felt like God has sent me here for you, that he wants you to know that he loves you dearly, and he sees what you're going through, and he wants you to come home. And she's like, well, I have, hadn't been in church for a while, and this and that. And then the really cool part was, when we pulled up into the church, she's like, this is where I used to go. My kids love it here. And I was like, get the hint. On the inside. 
on the inside. On the outside, it was, well, you know where to go then. Sunday morning, be right here. But, but it takes a desire to get involved. Have you ever not even known how to get involved? Have you asked the Lord? Lord, how can I do this? Well, let's keep going. Verse 21 of the same chapter. So Jesus gives this call. He has people following him. They've repented. They believe. They're getting involved in what he's doing. And Peter is explaining, like, the things that began to happen as he followed Christ. And I think this happens when any of us follow Christ. We can expect similar types of things. Verse 21, they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. He had the authority because he was the word. He spoke the word. It was his. So he knew what he was talking about. Verse 23. Immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. This is, this is real. A man with an unclean spirit. If we go back and we think about this, and we think about how did Adam and Eve get in trouble in the first place? Wasn't there a, the enemy came? And where there was supposed to be trust in God, they brought doubt, or he brought doubt. People have been listening to the voice of the enemy since the dawn of humanity. And right here, we're just seeing the same story, except now we've got Jesus stepping in. Jesus or the, the, the man with the Spirit says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? What have you got for us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The enemy knows who Jesus is. But in verse 25, one of the best verses ever, Jesus rebukes him and says, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him, crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. I want you to put this in perspective of, of what happened when man fell. The enemy placed it in, in Adam and Eve's mind, or Eve's mind, to not trust God. God had said, you could do all of this, I will provide for you, you can eat all of this, but don't eat that. There's a book like that, right? Eat this, not that. And the enemy said, hey, did God really say that? Did God really say that? He brought doubt right away and forced them to doubt God. And by default, by doubting God, do that which God said not to do. Jesus has got a new chapter of this story because he comes in and he tells the enemy to shut up. Keep your mouth closed. Have you ever had that opportunity to say that to somebody? It feels really good, by the way. When you got the authority, right? Like I've had employees and people that have worked for me, and it's been very few times in my life that I've had to say that. But when you are right and they are wrong and you have the authority and you could say enough, it feels good. And that's what Jesus did. He came in and he tells the enemy 
enough. Be quiet. Don't talk anymore. And that is what he wants to do today. He wants to silence the voice of the enemy. Because people today are clearly in control of the enemy. Or the enemy's in control of them. Look at some of the stuff on TV. It's not normal. Really not. The next point. The call moves us from the control of the enemy into the freedom of God. So I want to step back and I want to make sure we understand that this story that Mark is telling is really the next chapter of kind of what began to happen with Adam and Eve, and it really has not stopped today. Because the call is still repent and believe. It is still follow me. It is still change, come out of death, into life. No longer is man kicked out of paradise. Christ exited paradise, is finding men and women and bringing them home. And he's saying, follow me because I'm the only way back. I'm the only way back to God. And, and, and by default, if you're really following him and you have his spirit inside of you, you're probably following him like, come on, for real, guys. For real, come on, all of us, we, we need to follow him. Like, he's good, he loves us, this is holy, like, this is good. And you might be like me and you don't know where to start sometimes. But it's better to start somewhere than to ignore it and slide that bar across. And then it calls us into not listening to the enemy's lies anymore. Enemy lies all the time. And we got to get a close enough to Jesus so that he can utter those words, shut up. Shut up, enemy. Be quiet. Be quiet. And I think that's the plan that God is working. And so the, the, the question becomes, all right, this is the story. And if this is a story that's being told, like, where do you fit in it? Are you... Somebody that's just beginning to follow Christ will start and don't like drag your butt. Move. We're talking death to life. We're talking, we're talking the Son of God came to save humanity and some of us are following him like my son follows me when he's in trouble. <sighs> Fine, Lord. Does that define, like, is that how you follow them? I mean, I'll give you credit. At least you're going the right direction. But put a little pep in your step and, and follow him. And then realize by the grace of God goes you. And when you see somebody who's lost, lost does not mean they're not valuable. A $20 pill, bill that I know where it is and a $20 bill that I lost is still $20. It's still valuable. So don't look at people that are outside of God's will as not valuable anymore. They are so valuable, and he is looking for them, and he loves them. And the question becomes, in the next few years, let's say you have years left, what is your life going to, how is your life going to impact that? Maybe you have weeks left. If you only had a few weeks left, how is your, wife, your life going to impact that? We all think we have a lot of time, 
but we really only have right now. We have plans for this and that, but you don't know what's going to happen. What are you, and here's like where you take it to the next step. What are you going to do today to show God's love? To show God's grace, to, to find somebody who's lost and say, hey, you know what? You know how much God loves you? Like, it's crazy how much he loves you. And they may talk about all the things that they got wrong with them. And you say, but do you realize he loves you? Like, he's come to bring you home. He's come to, to call, you, call you in. And then to be a voice that speaks truth when the enemy brings lies. Do you bring truth? Where, now, some of us are good at bringing truth. But do you do it in the way that God, that honors God? Do you bring truth in a way that brings him glory? Do you have, do you have the, the time and the relational equity to bring that truth? To bring people out of bondage into freedom? And so that's what we're going to focus on this year, for the next couple months at least, we're going to ask, and I'm going to ask this question of myself, of the people that are leaders here in this church, and of anybody that wants to call Lakeside their home. Like, if this is your church home, like, how do you fit into this story? Because it's my idea that everything, every gift God has given you is for this reason. Everything that God has made you to be is for this reason, to be a voice and to be a witness and to make a difference for people that don't know him, to bring them into deeper truth. We all have different roles to play in this mission, but it is the same purpose. Until Christ comes back, it's for the reaching of the lost, the proclamation of the gospel, and for people to, that are lost, man. Like they're his kids. He loves them. He wants them. And I just don't know how we put it off. Like, and I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to end. But, like, I got five kids here in this building. If one of them is lost and you're not helping me, you don't care about me. If, if I got five kids in this building, and if all of a sudden they were to come downstairs and say, where's Jason? And you pick up my little daughter, and you're like, oh, she's so cute. And you're not running around looking for them? You don't care about me. And that, you may not care about me, and that's okay. I'm a big boy. But I would say you should care about that which God cares about. And if you care about God, look where his heart is going. Um, and ask, where do I fit in this? And so that's the prayer right now. We're going to close right now. I don't want you to close your eyes just for a second. I want you to reflect on the word and reflect on, on what we've read and reflect on who Jesus is, the scriptures we've read. And I want you to, to think. Are you willing to play your part in that story? Are you willing? Like you'll say, hey, yes, God. Whatever your plan is, however I fit, maybe you don't know. I'm not saying that you know what to do. I'm asking, are you willing? 
Are you willing to follow Christ like Peter was? Like James and John when they left their nets and their father and their boat and they really didn't know where they were going. The question is not what. It's are you willing to follow God and allow him to use you in a fresh way this year? If something that I've said has resonated with you and you could say, you know what, I am willing. I want to follow God in a fresh way this year. Would you just put your hand up so that I can know who I'm about to pray for? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you see every hand up. Thank you. Thank you, God. So, Lord, you see a bunch of willing people. Show us. Lead us. Help us to follow you into your plan and your purpose. Help us to reach the lost people in Lexington, Irmo, Gilbert, Casey, all these areas. Help us to share, share the gospel of love, to not put people down, but to let them know how valuable they are and how much you love them that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for them. You, you, you paid for us with your blood. And you care for us deeply. Help us to take that message however the best way we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Well, it's, it's, if, that, if you raise your hand, I'm going to put it out there. Like, start maybe seeking God. Put your best foot forward. Not a perfect foot, your best foot forward. Start with today. Lord, what do I do today? What should I do this week? How can I be involved in this with my life? Now, we did, um, we came up with something that uh, we're going to give out. There's some new shirts that uh, you're welcome to grab one on the way out. We have all kinds of different sizes. And it kind of, since it's kind of where we're going this year and kind of what we're talking about this year, it's this right here. One is greater than 99. It's a black t-shirt. It's very simple. All right. Maybe it'll start a question. What the heck does that mean? One's not greater than 99. Well, let me explain. You know, like if God had 99 sheep that he were safe, but one that was lost, do you know Jesus said he would go after that one? Like he cares for people so much. Well, I mean, not you, brother. This was hypothetical. I'm kidding. That was a joke. I'm kidding. But you're welcome to grab a shirt. It's our new shirt. It has just the name Lakeside on the back. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to close right now. Um, we're going to have prayer teams on the side. Maybe you're feeling a little lost in your life. Maybe you don't even know where to begin because you're feeling lost in your life. We have a little corner over here where we would love for you to come. Prayer teams, would you make your way over there? We would love to pray with you. It's a little out-of-the-way space. Maybe you have something in your life you're feeling lost with your family, with your finances, with, with maybe just emotionally, whatever it is. There's no shame in that. You can get prayer in church, and we will just celebrate that. We will not look down on anybody. But if you would like prayer, we are in church. If you can't get prayer in church, wrong church.
okay? So please feel free to come up here, get prayer. We invite you. We think that it works. We think that God answers. But I'm going to speak a blessing over everyone, and then you're free to go or free to come up for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your story. We thank you for Jesus, that he died for us. We thank you that you love us when we're lost, Lord, that you love us. You've loved us since before we were born. Help us to walk in that love and to share that love and to bring compassion to this world. Let us really be a light in a dark place. Let us be a light for those in darkness that brings light and warmth of, of Christ. And we thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. There's sign up for small groups. There's some t-shirts over there and we have prayer here in the front. We would love for you to be involved in some of those things. Amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>